Hey everyone, this is Frazier with The Agent Marketer. I hope you guys are having an awesome day so far whenever you have to be listening to this podcast. I'm going to welcome you to episode 12. And uh, before I get into the spice, I am going to give a shout out to my podcast sponsor, and that is Social Survey, uh, awesome reputation management firm. Uh, there's nobody better than them, period. I say it a lot. You hear it every time. You're probably sick of it, but who cares? I'm telling you the truth. They're awesome. Check them out, socialsurvey.com. Seriously, uh, just great partners to be in the industry. I've been working with them for a while, and uh, there is nobody better. So here, episode 12, we're here. All right. Uh, as I'm recording this, I had just gotten back from speaking at uh, AFN, which is a, a mortgage lender, uh, speaking uh, to their branch managers, uh, as their branch managers conference. And uh, I had the good fortune of speaking with uh, uh, alongside a couple friends, uh, Barry Habib, which those of you in the mortgage industry know very well. Um, and then uh, Phil Treadwell, and he is a uh, regional out of uh, Arkansas, but he's moving to Dallas. And um, he, he uh, runs another podcast called uh, The Mortgage uh, Marketing Expert. So check that out. Subscribe to him. A uh, lot, of, lot of great guests on there. Uh, totally blows me out of the water. Uh, but he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, he, he's a regional, does all this marketing, does this podcast and stuff, but still runs branches. And so I spoke with, uh, I spoke alongside both of those guys at AFN. And then the next day I had the good fortune of uh, being asked to, to do two sessions at the California Association of Realtors, their conference, which is called Reimagine. So I got to speak there. Uh, I did a TED, uh, like a, a TED talk, a TED style talk that they called real talk. Uh, and then, uh, I joined um, a friend of mine named Barbara Betts, and she is a broker owner down in Southern California, and she's awesome, absolutely awesome lady, and relationship marketing is her jam, so check her out. Um, and then uh, also on that panel uh, was uh, Stephen uh, Udoff, I believe, is how you say his last name. I probably killed it. I killed names. Anyone that knows me, I knows I'm a name killer. Um, but we talked about Instagram stories and how stories are taken over the news feed. And basically, that's what everyone's consuming as far as content goes. So uh, I did uh, did both of those. Talked to you know, which is cool. Doing these things, one is two different industries, right? I mean, it's the same. We're all in the real estate industry when it comes down to it, right? Because guess what? Nobody wants a mortgage. They want the house, right? So you know, mortgage is the vehicle to get the house. You know, nobody wakes up saying, "Oh, I want to be hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt." You know, like <laughs> no one wants that. Uh, but they need a mortgage so they can get what they really want, which is the house. And that's where the agents come in. So uh, I had the good fortune of speaking with different audiences, uh, agents one day, mortgage lenders, uh, you know, the, or the mortgage lenders the first day, agents the day after, wide range of people. And it was great. And so with, uh, with the branch managers for AFN, uh, I talked to them about creating uh you know, like real relationships with agents, not that canned crap that they send out all the time. Um, and, you know, anyone that follows my content, especially on LinkedIn or anywhere else knows that I'm pretty candid and blunt, especially with the mortgage industry. For those of you that don't know, I've spent the last 10 years working there as a C-level uh, executive, um, uh, marketing, information, strategy, uh, doing all that at the same time, along with coaching and, uh, and training uh, agents and loan officers and, and, and the ways of marketing and social media. So uh, I'm very blunt 
with mortgage because they're the ones that are in the most trouble right now. You know, with what's happening in real estate is trickling to mortgage lenders, but mortgage lenders are not equipped to deal with what's happening right now because they have been stagnant too long. So now they're trying to catch up. There's a few lenders that have, have decided to go all in on this stuff uh, a few years ago. So they're in a better position than most. Um, but when it comes down to it, and this is going to sound totally overly dramatic in it, and it probably is. But when I talk to lenders, like I want them to really understand that what the message I'm trying to convey is I'm trying to save their jobs, right? I'm trying to save them from being replaced by automation because they've decided not to adapt or change the way they're doing things. And, uh, you know, so I talked about creating real relationships with agents by, by, by giving value, by, by helping them get business or giving them business as opposed to that, you know, the blind message. And if you're an agent, you're going to love this because, you know, this helps you guys out, right? Is, or at least helps you stop getting the crap, right? Is, you know, you're an agent, you get a Facebook message or whatever. Oh, thanks for connecting with me on Facebook. And I'd love for you to give me a deal so I could show you what I could do. And it's like, oh, wow. Well, freaking thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Loan Officer, for coming in and offering, giving that opportunity for me to give you business for nothing. I just met you. I have no idea anything about you or your lender or anything else, but let me, let me give you a deal. So you could show me what you could do because you could show me that you could close a loan. Well, fantastic. That's your job. That's what you're supposed to do, right? That's what you're supposed to do. And so, you know, loan officers, come on, you know, don't, don't start getting mad about this stuff, right? Let's, let's be real. Let's be honest with, with the way of the world. And that's what a, a majority of you do. And when I was doing it, you know, the, the, you know, the branch managers, couple high producing loan officers in the room, owners of the company, they were laughing and nodding their head because they know it's true. They know it's true. Those are the canned crap messages. That, and there's no, you're not building relationships that way. You do not build a relationship by an immediate ask, right? So I basically laid out the worst things they could do. And, and then I pointed out why they were the worst things they could do. But then I also gave them, these are, these are the better ways to do, you know, create a persona, what, a, what we call an agent marketer understand who you're going after as a prospect or an agent or a partner and give them some value, know something about them or their business, right? Like if, if an agent doesn't buy Zillow leads, I'm not going to send them a message saying, Hey, guess what? I have this new app that you could use and you won't even have to use Zillow. And guess what? That agent doesn't use Zillow. So who gives, you know, so they're not offering them anything They're And they're showing that they're taking zero time, maybe purchased a list, got it from their title rep, whatever. And they're just, you know, they're just throwing stuff out there, right? They're just throwing stuff out there and hope that some, somehow they'll get somebody, right? But that's not how you create relationships in your business, right? The agents that you guys are producing, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's not how you do it. And loan officers, the ones that actually have gone on all in and, you know, taken the time to understand the agents that they're, you know, that they're trying to create a relationship with, trying to do business with, you know, what I'm talking about is true as well. So that's what I talked about with AFN, you know, gave them some examples, said, look, you know, create some value, understand, you know, understand their business, understand that they want help. Um, and then I, I, I referenced a, a survey that was done to about 80,000 agents um, by a magazine, an agent magazine. And they asked, you know, what was the most important thing for an agent with the, you know, agent lender and relationship. And this goes back to a panel I did in housing wire for housing wire, you know, a few weeks ago in Dallas. And, um, what it comes down to is it, agent, surprisingly enough, agents want lenders that are going to close their deals, right? No, no nonsense, no BS, close their deals. And the second thing is communication. 
right? And I actually thought communication would be number one because I'm in a lot of Facebook groups with a lot of agents. And whenever this question comes up, communication, I swear, is like 99.9% of the time. And I've dealt with that on the mortgage side. I've stayed up I've stayed up to like midnight talking with an agent, trying to talk them off the fence because an LO of mine decided that, oh, they, were, they weren't going to set expectations. They weren't going to make a tough phone call, right? And so I don't want this agent like blowing the whole company up, right, on social media. So I got to do a little damage control. So I've had to do that before because of that stuff. Just communicate, have the tough conversation. I will tell you that agents would, would like to know less than, than not know, right? So anyway, so it's talking about that, talking about setting expectations, adding value, not just going after buyers, right? Just because that's the immediate ROI for a mortgage lender because that's a, that's a mortgage, right? Like <laughs> go after sellers, right? Do some seller marketing because guess what? Agents love sellers. Yes, they do. I have a lot of agent friends and 99.999% of them would rather have seller leads than buyer leads. So, uh, so yeah, that's valuable as a loan officer, look at the sellers, the agents want those things, right? Give them value, give them deals, give them deals. I have agents message me on LinkedIn and asking like, Hey, you know, you've been, you know, you know, Frazier, you've been with the lender for a long time. Is it normal? You know, we've been, we've been giving deals to this loan officer and he's given us like three deals over the last seven years. Is that normal? And I said, honestly, it probably is, you know, for the most part, because just of the way the consumer usually gets to an agent first. Then they do a mortgage lender. Now that's changing a little bit because agents are, or because consumers are getting a little bit more uh, knowledgeable about that. You know, guess what? They need to be pre-approved before they could, you know, go to an agent and have them, you know, show them houses and stuff like that. So that's changing a little bit. And so that, which is great for the lender. It's like now you're getting, and then now, now you have something to give to the agent, right? Now you have something of value to give to the agent. And so that's what I talked about with AFN. Uh, at uh, CAR at reimagine uh, I my, my first talk was just under you know having agents understand that what we're living through right now is an absolute shift and I'm not talking like the classic market shift and I've, I've said this in previous podcast episodes as well but just understanding we've never in our, in our lives had this convergence of technology and social media because we didn't have social media but just let's call it culture right the social economy the on-demand economy, the expectations, the consumer experience. Um, we've never had that ever, a convergence of all these things happening at once. The, the closest thing that you come to is the industrial revolution. Never. So when people have been in the business for 30 years and I said, look, you've never lived through anything like this. I'm sorry. Yes, we've had some downtimes. We've had cycles. We've had, we've had some crazy stuff. We had the you know, crash not too long ago, but you didn't live through this. And the difference is and, and this is the key difference. And once I said this, the, which was great, honestly, because, you know, sometimes when I do this talk, some people are, you know, again, people know what they know. They know what they're comfortable with. Right. So they, they don't, you know, if something's outside of that realm, they're not really too comfortable hearing it. So what I, uh, you know, what I was telling them is that, look, the last 15 years since the inter internet's young when it comes down to it. Right. But if you look at the last 15 years, we as a society, we're getting comfortable with living an online life, getting comfortable with doing online banking, getting comfortable with doing things like Venmo, right? At basically running your house from your phone, using automation, doing your taxes online, um, social media, um, you know, the, the lack of privacy because you're on social media, all those things. We've, we've gotten there. We're there now, right? We're there now. 
And so that's why these things are changing and that's why it's so important. So you can't look back at the past and say, well, you know, yeah, this has been something. No, it's, we're there now and we're going there quicker. Like things change, consumerism changes, habits, all that stuff is changing sometimes by the month. You know, you don't have like a quarter or a year to kind of get ready for it. These things happen quick. Trends happen on the regular and they happen super quick. So you got to be prepared for that. Another thing that I was talking to them and, and again, which was great, it was a great crowd and I, it was, you know, I'm blessed. It was standing room only. I didn't think I'd have a lot of people because I was competing with uh, what I thought was a, a higher, a way higher profile speaker. He was on TV. So I figured, Hey, you know, that Bravo million dollar listing guy's probably going to, you know, um, <laughs> rank a better audience than this guy than me. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, the other thing that I was telling them is that, you know, if you, if the reason why our mentality is so screwed up in this industry is because we've been told for years that, oh, technology is going to come in and replace you, that all this disruption is happening and stuff. And now it's happening now, right? It's happening now. We could see it, right? iBuyers, all these things, we could see it now. But what people don't understand is that like the mentality, the reason why is because you had all these people that were saying like, oh, this is going to happen in you know, a year and, and it's going to happen in two years. And, you have, and then you have other people like stand up saying, I've been told for five years that all this stuff was going to happen. Yes, you've been told and most likely because they're trying to sell you a book or a course or trying to sell you something. There was something in it for them to try to make people afraid of what was happening or what was to come, you know, so that they could get your money, right? That, that's mostly what that was. Now, it doesn't mean they were wrong. They were just completely off about the time frame because, again, they didn't understand that, like, it takes a while for a culture to completely shift into what we're living in now, right? So that, that's what's happening, and, and it was great to see people nodding their head and understand that as well. So that was kind of my TED Talk, and then the, the, the afternoon panel with uh, Barbara and Steven, that, that was about doing Instagram stories and, and, you know, what do you do with the type of content and stuff like that. So... You know, this podcast is really kind of a summary of that. But as I was, you know, and I had the the one crossover, well, there's a couple of them, but the one main crossover is that is that point that I just mentioned about, you know, the prognosticators of saying, you know, this stuff's going to happen, this and that and whatever. And that's why mortgage lenders, for the most part, because, you know, they just have not had any great, um, I would, you know, how do I say this with, with, with not coming off like a total a-hole, but they haven't had any great leadership from the industry. I'm not talking about companies. There's a lot of great companies out there that have great leaders, a lot of mortgage lenders, um, a lot of great leaders in the industry, but I'm talking about as an in-industry, like, you know, uh, real estate has NAR and mortgage has MBA. The MBA, uh, and I'm going to make zero friends with the MBA with what I'm about to say, but the MBA has done a horrible a horrible job and, and, and prepping lenders and the industry for, for what I've seen coming just because I'm paying attention. It's not like it's, you know, and again, it's not like I was the only one to like notice that I'm talking about other industries figured it out. Right. And they saw it and they, they adapted, they, you know, new, new industries grow up, you got Uber, you got Lyft, but they're now getting into it now. Right. They're getting into it now. And so you got a lot of lenders now that are doing things like the, the social media marketing technology, all that stuff. I started that stuff at my mortgage lender at the end of 2011, beginning of 2012, right? That's six years ago. That is six years ago. Now lenders are doing things that they should have been really doing two years ago. 
So they're starting two years behind. And as you know, time waits for nobody. Disruption waits for nobody. Change waits for nobody, especially now things happen quick. So they're already running two years behind on that. Some of the lenders aren't going to make it. I'm sorry, but they're not going to make it. A lot of these loan officers aren't going to make it either. A lot of it because they haven't been creating relationships with agents and other referral partners. They haven't been going out and doing consumer direct marketing. They're depending completely 100% on the lender to do everything for them. And that's just not how the world works, especially in this industry. It just doesn't, right? So a lot of them are not going to make it because they're not going to know how to do it, right? They're not going to know how to get the new business. They're not going to have to go out. They're not going to know how to be an advisor, not a salesperson, but an advisor. And that's something that my friend Barry Habib talks about all the time. You know, being an advisor, you got to be something more than what you thought. And then understanding that, look, it, I don't care how many loans you've been doing for the last 10 years, right? Was it, was it really that hard to do refis when the rates were so low after the crash? Was it really hard to do purchase business after the crash when rates were so low and there was inventory and the housing was coming back up? No. In a bull market, it isn't hard to get business. I'm not saying it wasn't hard to be a loan officer to do your job. I'm not saying it's not hard to be an agent. I'm just saying to get the business is a lot harder. And the reason I know that now is because of all the attention, everything that's happening with people going, buying leads, buying leads, buying leads. That's why that business has blown up so much because you've had a bull market with nobody understanding how to source business organically. Just a few, just a few. And I'm talking about the grand scheme of things, right? We're talking about, um, you know, how many people, you know, how many agents there are. I think, I think, I think it's a little bit over 2 million, right? That loan officer is about 400 and some thousand. Um, so, you know, that's, it's a lot of people, right? But, but not very many of them percentage wise knows how to source business organically. They know how to be fed, right? They know how to be fed, but they don't know how to fish. And that's what we do in the agent marketer, right? And that's not a sales pitch. It's just what we do. That's why we stand out. That's why we're doing stuff differently. Because of that, we're trying to teach people how to fish. So it doesn't matter what's happened, right? It doesn't like, you know, take Zillow, for example. And I talk, talked about this, uh, I think on episode five. And, you know, them getting in the mortgage business, right? And, and so if you're worried about Zillow, like if you're an agent and you're worried about Zillow, don't. And the reason, and I'll tell you, there's a few reasons why, but I'll tell you the biggest reason why is because 73, I think, 72-ish percentage, percent of their revenue is their premier agent program. So until they are able to replace that revenue with some other channel, you don't have to worry about them taking agents out of the equation, right? Even with the iBuyer stuff, you don't have to worry about that because they have to replace, like if, if agents stop paying Zillow tomorrow, then Zillow would just, unless they have some secret plan to replace 72% of their revenue, um, they probably wouldn't do so well, right? So that's why, and that's another reason why also I get sick about agents complaining about Zillow. It's like, look, other agents, you guys are funding Zillow, right? That's what it comes down to. So either stop doing that or shut up. Because it, it doesn't matter, right? Because either stop funding them or just be quiet because it doesn't matter, right? Now, if they do find another channel and they are getting that revenue somewhere else, then I would worry because Zillow will do just like any other good business would to see an opportunity, see an opportunity for profitability and they'll, and they'll seize it 100%, right? Like them buying a mortgage lender. Again, if you would have asked Zillow two years ago, they said, oh, are you going to get the mortgage? No, that's not what we do. I'm not saying they're lying. I'm just saying at that time, that wasn't their plan. But after seeing data go through their system as much as they have, 
they decided, oh, you know what? We can make some profit out here. This could be a good business decision. So they do it. And that's nothing wrong with Zillow. Any good business would do that. I'll never knock Zillow for, <laughs> for taking advantage of the opportunities that they've been given by the industry, right? You know, you can't, you can't, you can't blame that, right? You can't blame Zillow for that. Um, so anyway, I'll, I'll get off on, on the, on the Zillow piece of it, but, but that's the thing is just understanding that like things are changing and disruptors are coming in and the economy is changing. Everything is about change. And so if you have built your entire business on Zillow, right. And I'm not getting back to what I was talking about, but going back to my earlier thought, if you built your business on buying leads, whether it's from realtor.com or Zillow or anything else, if that source goes away and you have no idea how to source business organically, you're going to be in trouble, right? You're going to be in trouble. And I'm not saying not to buy leads. I'm not saying it's not lucrative. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just saying you got to be careful because when that, you know, when that faucet gets turned off, you got to, you got to know how to source business. Same with loan officers, right? I've had loan officers that were doing, you know, 35, 40 units a year, right? 35, 40 units a year. And then, you know, then, you know, getting into, you know, Q2 of 2018, they were doing like six total for the year, right? Double that for, you know, or for half a year, double that twice. That's 12, you know, going from 40 to 12. And I talked to them, what is that? Well, it's because my agents, the agents that they just decided to get without trying to go out and again, bull market, go back to what I said earlier about, you know, sourcing business wasn't hard, but now the agents are having less business, right? And so, so these agents, he's like, oh, well, yeah, this one agent that did X amount of deals has only done one, right? And I said, okay, so then why are you focusing on that one agent? right? Or what are you focusing on that agent with? Are you guys going out and trying to build business together? Is that, is that agent even trying to do build business? No, no. And it's just like, well, then what are you doing? Like, why are you focusing on a relationship that isn't going to help you with your business? And they don't want to help themselves. And so they don't want your help. So, you know, move on to somebody else. And so that's happening a lot with these loan officers and they don't know how to go out and create relationships with agents because it was easy back then, right? Rates, that's the great equalizer. So if you were selling rate and that's all you were selling and you were that, you know, hey, doing this, doing that, rate, shop me, all that stuff. Fantastic. What do you do now, now that it's equalized, right? You better have something else because if the rates aren't the attention anymore, what is, right? Now, if you have lower rates, then great, you know, because rates took a big hit this week. Got a little bit of reprieve today, but rates took a big hit this week. Right. So it's, it's been rough. It's been rough, but historically, and this is the problem with having short-term memories is consumers are thinking, Oh, well I was getting, you know, a really low percentage after the crash not too long ago. It's like, well, guess what? You know, we're back, we're getting back to normal rates were a lot higher before than they are right now. So the rates are still low. It's just the short-term memory. Right. So it's, it's, you know, it's just a tough thing, but getting back to one of the key points that I was talking about with both of them, um, again, was the people, the experts that you're listening to, like doing, getting the marketing advice, someone like me, right? Um, all the gurus, all the, you know, the YouTube people and the Instagram peeps and all, all the, you know, all these influencers, all these experts, all these trainers and coaches and stuff like that. The one thing that I told loan officers and the one thing that I told agents is that it doesn't matter what I say. 
it doesn't matter if you're watching Gary Vee or somebody else and they're telling you that the, that you, your, your video should only be 30 seconds long or two minutes long or two and a half minutes. All of it is best practices. You need to do what works for you, right? If you're doing live videos and your audience says, I like an hour long live video, then you do an hour live long video. If they, if your audience, your audience will tell you exactly what you need to do. If they said, look, we can only handle 10 minutes of that or five minutes of that, two and a half minutes of that, then that is what you do. You don't do what you want to do. You do what they want, where they're, where they're consuming the content because it's about them, right? You need to speak to consumers the way on the channels that they want, giving them the content that they care about, not what you think they need to know, right? So that's, that's what I'm talking about is like, everyone says, what is the best time to post? What it's all best practices, right? And they're writing it down like it's gospel. It's not right. So for me, my best time to post on Instagram is like around nine, nine o'clock, nine 30. Right. But guess what? I did a, I did a video this morning at seven o'clock. Right. Cause I just want to try, cause you got to test, you got to try stuff out. Right. And I had, I think it's around like 300, you know, views now. Right. And usually it's, you know, maybe like around 150, you know, maybe 200 when I do it at night. So you got to switch stuff up. You got to change around. You got to see what works, you know, and there's no perfect time. Every market's different. Every audience is different, even in the same market, right? Maybe your audience is age. You know, the people you're doing business with is, I don't know, 30 to 38. Maybe another agent's business is 55 to 65 right? So the audience is going to be different even in the same market. So you just, you go out there and you test to see what works. Stop taking what I say or anyone that if you're listening to other podcasts and stuff, stop taking it as gospel because it's all about best practices. Now, sometimes they'll be right. Like maybe they're right. Maybe it is 10 PM and it's a 20 second video or it's an infograph or it's a meme or something like that. Maybe that does work then you do that and you go all in on that. But it doesn't mean it's gospel. It doesn't mean that you have to do that. And that's the only way to be successful. You have all these people watching all these experts on doing a podcast or a flash briefing, or again, YouTube or Instagram, like the, the whole building the grid thing on, on Instagram, right? The whole building, the th- that thing is, I just think that's ridiculous, right? I'm not saying that you can't do it. I'm not saying that you won't get a benefit from it. But the fact that you have people out there that are saying, like, if you want to have, and this is the thing, and this is why I cannot stand absolutist. I cannot stand that at all. The only way you're going to get business is by doing the grid. And so when someone looks at your, your Instagram grid that it all meets together and no, you got to have the same theme, the same color scheme. No, you don't. Right. Some industries it helps, right. You want, you want good design when it comes down to it. Right. And generally that's what that is. It's just good design it's visual, right? The social media is visual. People like a design. So there's no psychology behind it. There's no big like, Oh, wow. That's a, that's a hack. That's a secret. No, it's none of that. It's just people like visual things, right? That's what it is. So that's a no brainer, right? So, so you can do stuff like that, but in our industry, you don't have to. And that's the thing is I hate the only thing that was ever an absolute position on was that Google plus sucks. Right. But but as of a few days ago, we don't have to worry about that anymore because it took care of itself. So <laughs> that was the only thing that I ever had an absolute position on. And now that's gone. So, you know, uh, good riddance to that. But um, again, and I said the same thing, the agents, don't worry about what the experts are telling you. Don't, you know, because I see them writing it down. Like that's what you have to do. That's good that you're paying attention. It's good that you're writing notes, but use that as a starting point 
to do your own testing, to develop your own audience, right? I'm never going to say, if someone tells me like, you know what, I do Facebook videos for four minutes and they love it, I'm not gonna say, well, that's wrong. I'm gonna say, awesome, then keep doing that. Try five minutes, maybe they'll go higher. The longer someone sees you or hears your voice, the better, right? So if your audience will deal with you for five, 10 minutes, then do that. I don't care about being wrong, right? I care, I care about giving you wrong information as an absolute position, right? That's what I worry about, right? Because I'm not always going to be right on a lot of things. That's going to be a test. And even when I've, like, people will tell me you got to do X, Y, and Z. So I try X, Y, and Z and it doesn't work. And then I try my own thing and work it the way that I do. And then it ends up working. And then, hey, look, that's it. It may work for that one person, but it doesn't mean that that's the way it goes. Just because someone has had success at something doesn't mean that they're the expert on how to do it, right? Maybe there's some luck involved. Maybe their audience is different. There's all, you got to look at everything. Now, maybe they are an expert. That's the thing is you just, you know what I mean? You cannot look at this thing as black and white. There's a lot of variables on when, when things happen, on why, you know, why, why people listen to long podcasts, right? Like for me, podcasts, you know, uh, you know, for me, 30 minutes, maybe I could listen to, I've done, you know, 45 ones that I could listen to. Um, that's pretty much as, as much as I will go. But I know some people that listen to like three hour podcasts, two hour that like on the regular, that's just what they do. Okay, awesome. Like, but, and that's an audience, right? So just know, and you have some people that say, oh, it's got to be short. It's got to be 10, 15 minutes. That's a sweet spot. Look, if you guys go back to one of the most popular episodes I have, and that's episode two, the voice in real estate, um, you'll hear, right? You will hear um, my guest, Ben Smith, talk about that. And we actually go into like what, and he's known as a voice entrepreneur. Check out his podcast too. Like he doesn't have a set schedule for his, you know, he puts, you know, podcast episodes out left and right, right? It's six minutes, one, maybe 20 minutes. The one he did with us was 47 minutes, right? So like, you know what I mean? Like it, it just, it just varies. I have a, a six minute uh, podcast on here. I got an eight minute podcast on here. I got, uh, I believe like my longest is somewhere like around 50 minutes or something like that. I don't know how long this one's going to be. So it just, it just does not matter. It just does not matter. You got to test and, and, and what works. And, and so, you know, some of my most popular ones, like again, was 47 minutes, 30, 31 minutes, you know, 48 minutes, 42 minutes. So like, it just varies. It just varies, but you just have to give audience something that's going to help them. Right. And so, you know, like with this episode, I wanted to go over a summary of, of the talks because I think right now is an important time in our industry, right? We're at a crossroads. We are at a crossroads in this industry and, you know, one of the things I, I tried to nail home at um, or drive home at, uh, at AFN was that this is a serious time in our industry and we need serious players because the people that are going to be lackadaisical, the people that are just going to be like, eh, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do this. They're just, they're not, they're not going to last. They just won't. I'm sorry, but we've changed. The industry has changed. Consumers have changed. They want the Amazon experience and we have to stop giving them crap. We have to stop giving them crap. Otherwise, you're just going to go away, right? Either my personal belief is that in, in three to five years, probably closer to three, about 70% of the non-banks that are out there right now won't be around. If I look back at the last three years, there are some pretty big players for a long time that aren't around anymore, right? There's going to be mergers. People are just going to be just straight out bought. People are going to go out of business, right? A lot of that stuff's going to happen right now private, uh, private money's coming in play. And so the, the landscape's going to change. And if you're not, if you don't know how to fish, 
and you've only ever been fed and you only know a good market, it's going to be tough for you to get business. There is plenty of business. And my, my friend, Phil, who I mentioned earlier, uh, Phil Treadwell, he says that there's plenty of business for everybody. And after, you know, after the shift happens and people, you know, we have a lot less loan officers, there's still going to be plenty of business for everybody. For the people that decide to use technology. Um, I, I had the good fortune of uh, speaking with Dave Savage at the Create Wow conference uh, about a month ago. And that's one thing that he says a lot is that loan officers aren't going to be replaced by technology. But loan officers that don't use technology will be absolutely replaced. And uh, I, uh, it was great seeing uh, Sue Woodard. She's the chief customer officer at Total Expert. And uh, I saw someone had recorded her um, talk today at Sales Mastery. And uh, she had said the same thing. Same deal, right? And, so, and they're absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. The technology is going to replace the people that can't adapt and the people that won't embrace the technology, the people that won't embrace modern marketing, uh, that won't embrace the digital process and social media. And that just not, doesn't go for mortgage lender. That's go, that goes for agents too, right? And so that's what I loved after the talk is the people coming up and saying, you know, I've been on the fence. I think you guys, you know, help me out. I think you help me out. Um, you know, how do I do this? How do I, the questions and, and stuff, it was great. There was a lot of attention, a lot of great feedback. And I, and, and, and I said this on, um, you know, I did a post about this. I, I did a flash briefing about this. Um, the one, th- the second thing that I, I drove home between both audiences, mortgage and, and real estate was 90%, right? Like this isn't the first conference you guys have gone to. That's what I said to him. I said, this isn't the first conference you guys have gone to, right? You know, and ask people to raise your hands. How many times have you guys been to a social media lunch and learn or conference or whatever? Everyone bit more than five, more than 10, like everybody, right? what are you still doing? Right? What are you still doing? And the reason why is because the simple fact is that 90% of people aren't going to do a damn thing about any of this stuff. They're going to continue to go business as usual, continue doing what they know, what they're comfortable with. Fantastic. You ride that horse as long as you can, right? But you better have a plan to pick right back up when all these other people are already doing this type of business. Right. They've already, you know, mastered social media, modern marketing, relationship building, consumer experience. They're already doing that stuff. Right. You're not just going to pick that up in a weekend and then be okay. Right. That's going to take time. It takes years for some people to really nail that down. So that's what I said is like, look, 90%, both audiences, 90%, not going to do anything. 10% will. 10% will. 5% will try it and do it and, you know, kind of go through it. And that's great. 5% will really go in all in on it and execute. And that 10% is what you're looking at. What's going to be left once everything happens, which is great for the 10% and the 90% look, that's on you guys, right? If you're listening to this podcast, you've heard some of my other ones, uh, my, you know, for the agents, uh, you probably uh, also subscribe to uh, the massive agent podcast with my friend, uh, Dustin Brome, you know, he'll tell you the same exact thing, right? So hopefully you guys are executing on these things that you're listening to, right? Uh, Friend Neil Mathweg, he does the Onion Juice podcast, right? Listen to that. Execute on these things. Execute on what I'm telling you. You you, You will not, everything that we're talking about works now. All these tactics, all these things, they work now. But not only do they work now, but they're going to work down the road. 
all these hardcore closing tactics and all this other crap that's been going on for, for years, those are becoming less and less effective. They are, and they will continue to be less and less effective because consumers are sick of it. They're sick of that type of marketing, right? They're sick of being bulldozed. They're sick of being sold to all the time. Create relationships. And that's, you know, that's one of, that was the exact uh, thing that I talked about uh, my, in episode 11 is that relationships is the only silver bullet in our business. Only one, right? It's not tech. It's not all this other stuff. It's honestly, there is none, but there is, in my opinion, one. And that's building relationships, creating a great experience, lifetime value. So that's what I want to talk about today was just giving you a summary being real with you guys, because, you know, over these past two days, kind of reflecting on the plane home, plane ride home, you know, it was a world, you know, whirlwind trip, you know, just getting in, doing one event, going back up to another place, doing an event, you know, just, it was crazy, but you know, it's what I do. I like it. You know, it's fun. You know, I miss my family. I wish I didn't travel so much, but I enjoy educating. And I, and I enjoy getting the messages and there, and it's not like I'm not, I'm not getting like hundreds of messages, you know, but a handful of people that are saying like, you know, you changed my trajectory. I'm going all in on this stuff now. Like that's, that's awesome. Like, cause I know they're going to be successful, right? It's going to take time. It's not easy. It takes work, but they'll get it. They'll absolutely get it. So this one's probably gone on a little bit longer than I wanted to. I try to keep them, you know, around, around 30 minutes. I have no idea how long this is. Um, but that's what I want to talk about is just that and understanding like this, this is what I want you guys really to leave this episode with as far as takeaways. One, do your own research, do your own recon, right? When it comes down to what experts are telling you, sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're absolutely wrong. Me included right? Do what works for you. Everything that I'm giving you is best practices, right? Now, some of them say this is exactly what you have to do because it worked for them or they work for someone else. No, you do what works for you. Again, sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. A lot of times they're wrong, right? Even me. But take what we're saying as a best practice, as a start, as a foundation to build your strategy off of and see what works. And then do that. I won't, I won't be upset if I tell you to do something and it doesn't work out. Um, I'll be happy that you tried it. It didn't work out and you figured out how to make it work that worked best for you. I love that stuff because at least I'm giving you a start, right? At least you're trying to do it and going out there and doing it. So that's one thing. Careful when you're listening to the gurus, the experts, all the speakers, the influencers, the, all the blah, blah, blah. Be careful with that. Second thing, be the 10% be the 10% that's going to go all in on this stuff. Be the 10% that's going to execute and do these things. Be that 10% because you're going to be the ones that are left standing. You're going to be the ones that are going to have plenty of business to go around because the rest of the 90% decided not to do anything. And as you're listening to this, if you know in your heart, you know, be real with yourself, look yourself in the mirror and you know, you know what, I'm going to be one that's not going to do anything. Nope, not going to do it. <laughs> then find the know that. Hopefully that wakes you up and you'll actually be part of the 10%. But if not, then again, do you, you know, do you. But that should tell you something. If in your mind, you're like, you know what, I'm not going to do this. So is your competitor saying the same thing. Other loan officers, other agents, they're not going to do the same thing. And if you do not take the advantage of that opportunity, you will regret it, I guarantee you. Because it is a great opportunity right now, 100%. And the last thing I want to leave you with is to take the time 
to put in the work to understand who you're going after. And that's loan officers trying to create relationships with agents. That's agents trying to create relationships with the community to get sellers, to get buyers. Take the time to put in the work. It, it's not easy. It takes time to do it. So put in the work, be the 10% and take what influencers, experts, coaches, all of them, what they tell you as a foundation to build your own strategy based off of the testing and the experience that you have in your market because no one else is going to have that. So I want to thank you for taking the time out today to listen to this. I hope it spoke to you. I do have one ask. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoy my content, I would love if you could subscribe. I would love if you could give me a rating, even if it's a bad one, right? You know, even if it's a bad one, that's fine too. I need to know. Give me a rating. Give me some stars. Give me some comments. Share it. I would love if you guys could share this podcast out to your spheres if it spoke to you. I've had a lot of good messages from that. I mean, so far, my ratings have been good. My comments have been good. The shares have been good. But I would love for you guys to do that. And if anything, I would love for you to check out the agentmarketer.com, see what we're doing. Maybe it works for you. Maybe it doesn't. Check it out. Hopefully it does. Um, you can send me a message, Frazier at theagentmarketer.com. If you have a question about anything that I'm talking about, tell me I'm full of crap. Who cares? It's engagement. It's community. I'm never going to say I'm the smartest one, right? I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Again, it's only Google Plus that sucks, right? <laughs> so, hey, thank you for joining me. I appreciate your time. And as always, I hope you have an awesome, awesome day.